In the holy name of Jesus. Amen. The words of our hymn, O Dearest Jesus, put us at the foot of the cross, looking up at our crucified Lord and Savior. The stanzas help to guide our meditation on Christ's suffering. Most especially, the hymn highlights the gross injustice of our Lord's passion. And the main question that we are prompted to consider with this hymn is why? What has he done to deserve this? And the answer, of course, is nothing. He doesn't deserve this. You do. I do. It's our fault. Our own fault, our own most grievous fault. The wrath of God and the hell that he suffered on the cross was the just reward for our sin. So we consider this evening that our Lord and Savior's passion and suffering was payment and sacrifice for our sins. His death wasn't a tragic accident. Christ wasn't the victim of being at the wrong place at the wrong time. But his suffering and death satisfied the demands of the law that required the shedding of blood for the forgiveness of sins. Sin is no small thing to God. The death of Jesus shows us just how seriously God takes sin. Sin is not something that we can hide or pretend doesn't happen or think doesn't have any consequences. Sin is costly, and the price is more than you could ever pay. Sin separates you from God because you're in your sin, you are telling God that you do not want to have any part of him, and your actions prove that time and time again. There's no spot in us unstained by sin. Our thoughts wish harm and misfortune for those we dislike. Our words spread gossip and slander the people that get on our nerves. And we neglect God's word, letting our Bibles collect dust while we endlessly stare at screens. Your sin tells God that you don't care about him, that you despise him and reject his love. And so your sin doesn't just break the rules, but it grieves God. It makes him sorrowful, like a parent watching their child harm themselves. Christ is the man of sorrows, acquainted with the grief of being despised and rejected by the ones he loves. We have all turned away, not caring or paying attention to the consequences of our sin. Isaiah writes, we esteemed him not. That is, in our sin, we don't even consider or appreciate or recognize the wondrous love of Christ's death on the cross. All we could think about or focus on is filling ourselves with the worthless pleasures that can never truly satisfy our restless hearts. So the shepherd who had only been good and faithful dies for the sheep who love to wander. His sinless hands were pierced for the violence that our own hands had caused. He was crushed by the judgment of the Lord that should have crushed us. He bore our griefs and carried our sorrows upon his scourge-torn shoulders so that they might die with him. How quick we are to point out when we don't think we are being treated fairly by God. We are quick to grumble and complain like the Israelites demanding that justice be done whenever we are oppressed by trials or afflicted with hardships. How different, then, it is with our Savior Jesus. 
The shepherd goes like a lamb to the slaughter, oppressed and afflicted, enduring punishments for sins he never committed. But his mouth remained closed, silent before the blasphemous accusations of the Jews. He didn't complain or grumble, even in the face of trumped-up charges and illegal trials held in the middle of the night. All of the injustice he suffered was for you. We should be the ones to stand trial for our sins, and we would be justly accused and condemned. In order for justice to be done, death was required. As the hymn put it, man forfeited his life, and God was the one who was committed to death. So God sent his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. The debt we could not pay, the Master pays, and he pays with his own life. If you ever wonder how much God loves you, look at your Savior Jesus, high and lifted up, exalted on the cross, with thorns shoved in his head and spikes driven into his hands and his feet. In this way, God shows his love for you. He was cut off from the land of the living, stricken for our transgressions. Having been giving eyes to see and ears to hear, we can regard now and appreciate what he has done. We do esteem him, but we esteem him now stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. In repentance and faith we now behold him, so marred beyond all human semblance, and his form beyond that of the children of mankind. Upon the cross he had no form or majesty that we should look at him, and no beauty that we should desire him. Yet all this he endured because he desires us, that we would live eternally with him. And so Christ, even and especially him marred, crucified, and without any worldly majesty, is the desire of our faith, because the image of Christ crucified is the image of our salvation accomplished. Isaiah writes that it was the will of the Lord to crush him. The will of the Lord prospers in Jesus' nail-pierced hand because it is the Lord's will for all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. He was despised and rejected so that you might be the beloved sons of God, Although you were the one who did not abide by all the things written in the book of the law and did not do them, he became the cursed one, taking all of your sins upon himself, hanging upon the tree of the cross. The pouring out of his soul to death was the offering for our guilt. The Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all so that you might be declared righteous and live by faith in Christ Jesus. Redeemed by his blood, which is the payment for your sin, the demands of the law are satisfied perfectly. From his wounds come his holy, precious blood that is for us the very balm and healing of sins forgiven. His chastisement has brought us peace. The peace that the angels proclaimed on the hillsides of Bethlehem is finally accomplished by the violence done on the hill outside of Jerusalem. So who has believed what they have heard from us? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? You, dear Christian, hear and believe. The arm of the Lord, 
that is, his might and his power to save you from all harm and danger has been revealed to you, revealed, stretched out upon the cross. So this Lenten season, think upon the passion and death of your Savior, not in uncontrollable grief, but with repentance and faith. Behold him on the cross, numbered with the transgressors, his soul poured out to death for you. Although our human wisdom cannot fully understand its depth, think on the passion of Jesus, so that you in faith may renounce all of your sins that grieve him, and pray that the Holy Spirit would sanctify and keep you in faith, that you may crucify all the vain joys of your flesh, and that he might lead you to live and act according to God's holy will. For the sake of Jesus, his passion and his death, the Father has and will always accept your prayer and hear your plea for mercy. No shame or weakness of your own shall ever separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus. In his holy name. Our service will continue with the office hymn, during which time we will gather our offerings. <laughs> 